You'll be really pleased to know that I'm, I'm aiming to be finished the whole service by half past 11. So as part of that, that also means that I won't be talking. Oh, is that, yeah? Are kids going out? Let's have a vote on this. Uh, are you four kids going Yeah, yeah. Kid, children are going out now. Let's, uh, I, I, got, I got the wrong communication slightly then. So if children would like to go out and, and miss, miss me, you can go out and do something far more exciting. To catch it on the uh, you can send them to sleep tonight with that. That'll be handy. <clears throat> So we've been thinking the, the past few weeks about follow the star. And, and obviously, as I was re- reflecting on that, uh, not surprisingly, it, it brought me to think about Jesus, which is not a bad thing to think about when you're going to be, be preaching, you know, follow the star. I was thinking about Jesus. And, and as I was thinking about Jesus, obviously, you know, this verse came to my mind. And I thought it's a really suitable verse for Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's exciting, it's powerful, it's sad, it's loving, it's challenging. And I want you to look at, at that verse today and pick up about five different points from it. Um, I'm sure it won't be the the first time you've heard somebody talk about John 3 in verse 16. I'm sure it's not the first time I've talked about John 3, 16. But the the first thing that verse did, just holistically, was it just pointed me towards remembering Jesus and thinking about Jesus. And I don't know about you about this Christmas time, but it's very easy to actually go through this period of Christmas and not spend much time thinking about Jesus. I don't know as you reflect on the past week, or the past fortnight, how much time you've actually spent as an individual reflecting, thinking, contemplating Jesus. And what he did when he came and was born, what he's done in your life, what he has done, what he could do. How much time have you spent reflecting and remembering Jesus this Christmas? As I was thinking about remembering Jesus, you know, my, my, my head just went to remembering in general. And I realised that, you know, Christmas, we, we portray Christmas as a wonderful, joyful time. But it's definitely a, a, a mixed bag. Myself and Stella and, and Jake, uh, not, not, uh, not, not Ginger Jake, as we know, I have to differentiate Jake, Jake, Mom. we've got two Jakes in our lives now, you know. Uh, Jake, uh, our foster son. Uh, we, we went to the, the, the grave of, of my, my, my mum on Boxing Day, and we also went to the crematorium where Jake's uh, mum is ashes are scattered. And when we went there, I couldn't believe the amount of flowers everywhere and the amount of people there as well. There was hundreds of, of flowers and people there remembering people that they'd lost. And I realise that Christmas is a real tough time for, for some people, you know, because it's a time where you do reflect back on those who are no longer here for whatever reason. And I think it's important to, to, to realise there is that juxtaposition. And we need to be aware that when we're having fun, which is great, 
when we're having parties, which is great, when we're socialising, which is great, we need to be aware there's others who are still trying to do that, but also having this time of remembering those who are no longer here. I'm sure that'll be a whole lot of us in, in this place. And Christmas is that time for remembering. And I want to encourage you, you know, to do that and have that reflection, but also to be aware of others in our family, in our church family and your family, will be having that, that balance. But John 3, 16 starts off with, for God so loved. And I think at Christmas is definitely a, a time for loving. A, a time for, for showing love, a time for being maybe pushing the boat out and being a little bit more considerate of, of others than you are the rest of the year. I know for some of you that may be hard because you're always so considerate. But for some others of us, it might be a bit easier. And I want to encourage you, you know, to, to go beyond the, 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 the shoebox gift, which this year was fantastic. You know, we had, you know, so many shoeboxes out there in that hall. It was amazing. But I, I, do, I do find that, you know, in our Western culture, that it's easy to give financially uh, to show love. It's far harder, I think, to give time to show love. But time, I think, is more valuable for most people than money. And I want to encourage you over this time to show love, maybe not just by giving presents, but by visiting, by doing hospitality, by actually showing that love in a tangible way, not just in a financial way. You know, God so loved that he gave. And we should never forget that, you know, that God's love was expressed in, in Jesus Christ. In all our preaching, in all our teaching, in all our serving, we need to remember, you know, that the, the Christian message is the gift of Jesus Christ. And that needs to be our motivation in each aspect of what we do. We don't, we don't serve, we don't give, we, we, we don't, you know, show love in order to get a pat on the back, in order to receive praise. You know, we do it, you know, as an act of love because we remember what God did for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, I seem to get a lot of my inspiration in, in my, my bed. I do spend a lot of time there, so maybe that's, that's how it works. But this week, once again, as I was lying in bed, as I was the last time, I remember when I was preaching as well, getting inspiration from that source. As I was lying there, I, I felt I wanted to put a challenge out to you guys uh, this morning. And that challenge is actually around fostering, around showing you love in a real physical way. You know, the, the Fostering Network in 2018 said they need 6,800 more families in Britain or more people to be trained as foster parents. 6,800. In 2019, they estimate there'll be another 30,000 children that need fostering in Britain, sorry, in England. And I wanted, I felt, you know, as I was thinking about this, that I wanted to put a real tangible challenge out to our congregation here. You know, James sums up Christianity in this way in James. He says it's looking after the orphans and the widows and to live a righteous life. Well, my question for this congregation is, 
How are you getting on with looking after the orphans? I want to put an actual real challenge to challenge a bunch of you people here this morning to step up and become foster families. To show love and to care and to reveal Christ to children in crisis. The children have lost their mothers, who have lost their fathers, either through death or through circumstance, and who need people to, to love them. True Christianity, according to the Bible, is looking after orphans and widows and living a righteous life. And we don't tend to focus on looking after the orphans. We tend to ignore that in church. And I don't want to do that this morning. I want to challenge you. Do you know, I checked out last night, there is no upper age limit on becoming a foster parent. You can do it in your 70s or in your 80s. There is no upper age limit. You imagine the situation, this church, if this church could offer out that love practically to those indeed in Southport. The lives that could be transformed over the years because we consistently show love and care and compassion and Christ to those vulnerable children that need our touch. I really want to challenge this morning. If that's something you want to be interested in looking at more, please speak to myself or Stella afterwards and we'll give you more information about it. But I really want to challenge you on that. You know, we cannot ignore what the Bible says on this situation. And it may not be appropriate for many of you, but it may be appropriate for some of you. But for God so loved that he gave. And once again, you know, I want to encourage you this Christmas to make sure that we are giving, that you are giving. We cannot say that we are a people of love. We cannot say that our DNA is love and have that love in a lake, in a reservoir. There has to be an out. There has to be an out. And I want to just ask you this morning, for God so loved that he did something about it. He so loved that he gave. And my question for you this morning is, are you willing to give? For God's love of the world, that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him won't perish, but have everlasting life. God is willing to forgive. If we choose Christ, God will forgive us. Yeah, that's all right. I'm going to get to that. Yeah, forgiveness. Yeah. That's fine. That's my next point. Uh, God is willing to forgive. If we accept Christ, he will forgive us. And we get the opportunity to live with him forever. Two points on this. Are we willing to forgive? What does forgiveness look like for you? Rabbi John Rossovey said this, Forgiveness isn't something we do for others. We do it so we can get well and move on. We do it so we can get well and move on. The primary point 
of forgiveness, when we offer forgiveness to others, is that it allows us to keep our heart whole. Forgiveness allows you to move on. Forgiveness protects your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Forgiveness is not primarily about the person that you are forgiving. However, in saying that, forgiving that person, that situation, may often lead to restoration. It may not. Sometimes the person you're forgiven may never even know that they wronged you. And may never ever know that they've been forgiven. It doesn't matter. Forgiveness is allowing you to move on. It allows you to keep your heart safe and whole. But on that attitude of forgiveness, as I was preparing it, I had this, the, the, the word spiritual judgmental spirit or a judgmental spirit come into my head about just on the, the very low level stuff. You know, I understand forgiveness is a process when it comes to the big stuff. You know, if somebody has, you know, killed one of your children or injured or done something severe, you know, it's a process of going through of choosing to forgive. But there's a very low level forgiveness where people can have a judgmental spirit of judging others very easily and very quickly and not allowing that to go not forgiving others for spilling a cup of tea in the carpet for being late for something for forgetting to do something just such low level stuff and we don't have a, 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 a spirit of forgiveness we have a, a spirit of criticism you know, of, of judgmentalism and I want to encourage us to remember the, the, the stakes of what God did for us that when God forgave us you know, we should go and do likewise. So I wonder if there's somebody here today or somebody in your life today that you need to forgive. That you need to forgive so that you can get on with your relationship with others and with your relationship with God and with your relationship with yourself. I'll tell you the person that is most likely to need forgiveness in this place today and that is the person you need to forgive probably primarily is yourself. We self-critique ourselves probably more harshly than anybody else. We pull ourselves down. We judge ourselves more harshly than we should. And I want to encourage you today to give yourself a break. To forgive yourself for things you've done wrong. You know, I, I, my dad used to say that when we ask Christ to forgive us, he takes our sins and he puts them into a lake and puts up a sign that says no fishing. But yet we love to go back and pull ourselves down and to tell us that we're useless and worthless and we, and we choose not to forget the things we've done wrong. And God's already forgotten them. God's saying, what are you talking about? I've chosen not to remember that. You know, get on with your life. Step up. Look forward. And we want to be the people that we need to be for God. We need to get knocked down, get up again, and get going. That's what soldiers do. 
You know, that's what we need to do. You know, the, the, the devil's best job or, you know, Satan or evil spirits or fallen nature's best job is, to, is for you to criticize yourself and tell yourself that you can't do anything, that you're worthless, that you're useless, that you're incapable, incapable, even if you want to be good English. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really great job he does. Satan is coming to steal and destroy your life, to tell you and remind you of your sins. But Christ came that you may have abundant life. So today, as well as thinking about other people that you may want to forgive, make sure you forgive yourself. So just to, in summary, you know, I want to encourage you this, this Christmas to reflect on five different things. It's a time for remembering, a time for loving, a time for giving, a time for forgiving, and finally it's a time for Jesus. And this Christmas, if you're like Liz was these few years ago, and you've never actually taken the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life so that you may have eternal life, so that you will live forever with Jesus as your friend, as your guide, as your mentor, as your brother, as your Lord. It's available this Christmas. It's available now because God so loved the world that he gave Jesus so that whoever believes in him will not perish. You won't die. You will live with Jesus, with God forever in paradise, in heaven. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your example. Father, I pray this morning that, that we may take the opportunity, Lord, to reflect on what you did and reflect on this, this verse. Lord, I pray for each person this morning here that, that we will be challenged in perhaps one of, one of these areas just to reflect on what we're doing and maybe decide to have a new standard in our lives. Amen. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up and we're going to just sing one song just now. And the prayer team are going to be across here for just this one song. So if you'd like prayer or anything that's been discussed this morning, you can't sit in your seat for five minutes because that, your time will, time will have gone. We've got one song as I prepare for communion. I'm going to ask, that if you want prayer on any of these issues, please go across and others will join Fred in the next four seconds. Uh, and, and they will be there to receive, uh, receive you in prayer. Thank you.